Hello, welcome to the Sandbox, the Jesus Sandbox, also called the Jesus TV Sandbox related. Sandbox mentioned because have you ever been like a little child? I hope you have because it's actually a commandment. But if you've ever been like a little child, little childs, they like to get in a sandbox. Now, when you're an adult little child, it may not be the sandbox that you remember as a physical, literal little child. But this is the sandbox in which Emily plays. And so when she came on, I'm like, oh, good, look, Jesus. Emily joined us in the sandbox and Jonathan, too, from different locations. And so this is Jesus TV. It's one of the things that allows us. It's called television. Tele meaning far away. It's like teleprompters. You know how the general authorities, uh, if you're a member of the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints, they have those teleprompters that aren't far away. And I'm always like, oh, Jesus. When I'm on Jesus TV, why don't you do that? Can you bring those closer? I guess I'm not old enough. I have to be older. Maybe that's why they do it for the general authorities. But my teleprompter, it's so far away, I can barely read it. It's like, it's like a still small voice that I have to make up. Even right now, I'm using the teleprompter very far away. I'm having to almost, I would say, even intuit. What do you want me to say next, Jesus? So if I don't get it all right, understand or if the three of us don't, understand we're doing the best humanly possible without a, without a, a teleprompter. Because I believe, and I might be wrong about a whole lot of things, including this, is that maybe we are given a lot of free agency as to what we say on this television program. And so we may be given a special variance. Maybe we can say things they would never say on general conference. So beware. Not only are we having a hard time seeing that teleprompter way, way out there, but we also are maybe given this special allowance by Jesus. Oh, go ahead. You're in the, you're in the sandbox. It's safe. What's going to happen? You're going to get some sand in your eye. And so we like to keep little children in safe places. And so with that, I'll assure you, you're perfectly safe no matter where you're at because God does nothing, nothing without great love. That's, that's how who he is. So even if the justice of God is upon you, you're like, oh, chickens come home to roost. Don't worry about it. It's for your good. It always is. That's hard to say. So Jesus has been teaching me this. All is well, Greg, with everyone you meet. All is well. And you should tell them that. So now he's changing my greetings. So when I talk to my friend Brad or Emily, I'll be learning this new phrase, which is, I know that everything is well, very well with you and I, but do you feel that way? And then that becomes the distinction. You can acknowledge sometimes people ain't feeling it. They may know it, or maybe they don't, that everything is well as it should be. Because why? Because Jesus is with them and he has a plan. Okay, that was a weird introduction, but that's the best I could see on the teleprompter. I'm not a general authority. I don't have those right up front. No one's done, they haven't had a correlation committee to, to go through our scripts. Not that I know of, maybe they did. And maybe this is what the angels wanted me to say. I'll just go forward like Nephi, not knowing beforehand the things which I'm gonna say. I'll do what God says, open your mouth and it'll be filled with what? Uh, people have different opinions of that, Greg. Okay, then I'll just open my mouth and tell you where I was with these guys um, previous to pushing the button that says record and, and you're live. So what I was doing, and this is coming to a close. Uh, go ahead, Emily. you got something to say. Uh, I was going to say, on the thought of a teleprompter, uh, I actually am personally the anti-teleprompters <laughs> because, uh, well, back in the day with like um, – you know, teleprompters are, I would say, a relatively new thing. Or I think the whole idea of, for me at least, the whole idea of having a planned talk, it's never how I roll. Because, well, I think I think it's good to have like an outline or an idea, but I feel like uh, the Spirit of God really moves in me within those, those moments of, um, you know, just, I don't know, if un it's not unplanned. It's like I have an idea. I have a, like, it's like I have a start of a thought, but as I'm talking, new thoughts come like i often will i've gone back and listened to some of our episodes before and i'm like wow sometimes we sound really wise sometimes we don't but sometimes <laughs> we do and you know 
And it to me, it's the same feeling as when I've done like a really amazing painting or something. I'm like, I did that, but it's is it really me? It's us, you know. Like it's it's Heavenly Father, Jesus, it's the angels, it's all of us working together. And it's like, you know, they say with God nothing is impossible, but I, you know, you know, when with God impossible things happen, and and I think that when we're open to that spirit and open to those things, things just come out and things just happen and they just are. Um. So yeah, you're going to hear things here that you won't hear in other places, or you're going to hear things here that you do hear other places. Because sometimes when God's trying to talk to us, he gives us the same message repeatedly. Um, I think Greg and I, and maybe Jonathan is too, I know Greg and I can be a bit obsessive about some things. And um, Hallelujah. Like I think Greg, Woo, that's, yeah. how I hold, that's how I hold on to Jesus. It's my gift yeah, weakness. I yeah, I didn't realize I was obsessive until I started painting Jesus like this. I remember when I was doing my master's in college, my professors were like, yeah, you know, this is pretty obsessive thing. And I'm like, this is obsessive. I guess I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize painting 400 paintings in like a year with your left hand with like crazy limitations. I didn't think that was really obsessive, but yeah, that's kind of obsessive. And, you know, and I just had to learn to rock the fact that I obsess about almost everything I do. Um, I'm very routine. I'm very kind of atypical, uh, atypical in a typical way. I guess you could say. Anyways, uh, I wanted to do that kind of intro though. Hey, cat, get off my computer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> this cat, no, he's cute, but he thinks he's that- obsessive. He's obsessive. He's obsessive yeah. with this window. I have it sitting in a window and he's like, this is, <laughs> he's like, this is my window. And cats always step on computers. You gotta stay away, kitty. He's like, but this is, this is so interesting. There we go. No, I know you like that window, but my computer is sitting on that window. So, all right. But anyways, um, I just wanted to give a, oh yeah, go ahead, uh, Jonathan. Did you have a thought? Done. Yeah, I'm good. I was just going to turn it back to Greg about the whole idea of repeating. Oh, we'll, we'll come back <laughs> to that, but go ahead, Jonathan. Um, Gonna ask something else. Can you guys hear me okay? See me okay? Okay. I'm in a kind of campground spot. So um so the spirit of God is unpredictable. Um and um I've read a lot of biographies, well, several biographies. It's kind of weird for me to talk about the church, but you guys are the church that we were all raised in, and that that you guys are still partly in or completely in. Um, and uh, I read some biographies of the early uh, brethren, and that was one of the things, like when they went on missions and stuff and et cetera, they, whenever they were called on to speak, well, and in general conference in the old days, um, it was just whatever came out of your mouth when you got up there. And nowadays we take a lot of exception to certain things that were said, but you got to realize you know, it was like they were kind of doing it like we were doing it. You know what I mean? It's it's like it's like, you know, if you had bad pizza the night before, it's like, you know, you got tuned into the wrong teleprompter, you know, um, and some bias you had might come out or whatever. But then it also opened up the the way for for the spirit to move in directions that you might not normally move. And um and so it's it's this thing of having to get beyond appearances because the reason we want a teleprompter the reason we want every talk to be and i, I feel weird talking about this because it's not my place to say you know what's good and bad because i've heard some beautiful wonderful talks that were pre-planned and the spirit of god was in them so i'm not seeing that i'm i it's like it's like if the spirit of god is in a man then he will be prompted by that spirit, even as he prepares a, a word for word talk. Um, and you'll feel his spirit come through that or a woman. I realize I'm being misogynistic, <laughs> but, um, but the point being is that it's like, it's, um, it's unpredictable whenever you just get up there and you listen and, and you speak and um and 
whenever your desire is for the appearance, we want to give a unified message. We want to give, well, that's where it's like, um, like you've talked about, Emily, the, how in our culture, um, we've kind of gone more and more towards control and it's because it's, and it's, I think it comes out of a good desire and the desire is to hold things together. I, do you remember the poem I wrote about that, Greg? About I, holding things together? Yes, I do. I, I mean, I don't remember the words, but I remember, yes, yes, that's correct. What the name of it was, but. Yeah, you, why, why don't you look it up, um, uh, make your comment and then you can look it up while I'm talking because you can watch my comments okay. later or ignore them, sure. So, so it's about holding things together and there's a place for that. You know, it's like, it's like, it's like the same reason why parents will sometimes do their arguing or if they're not arguing, you know, if they're, if they don't argue they're if they, they'll talk about um, topics where they may have a disagreement in private and then try to come to an agreement in private before they speak about it in front of the children is because the children kind of need a um, a uh, a unified stance, right? It's like it's like, and it's it's harmful for the kids when they hear that mom and dad are are arguing. However, at the same time, it can be good for children as they grow up to hear more of those conversations. Otherwise, there gets this point where they go out into the world. And, and they're just shocked because everything was so perfect. They never heard their parents dispute. You know, I've heard of situations where, you know, the parents would get divorced at some point and the children were just minds blown. You know, they were maybe oh, there's one right or there. and, their parents, <laughs> and they just, they had no idea that there were these underlying and, um, and so it's it's you could say it's kind of part of of growing up in a sense, and it's um, and I and I also know it's it's a difference. It's like there's some people who they need things to be that way. For me, I'm the sort of person that I would much rather, you know, ha I would much rather hear somebody get up to the pulpit and say five words, you know, that are sincerely what they feel than to to have it all be prompted and and so um i don't know that we wanted to go down this this vein but it's um i kind of wonder if it is important because it seems like whatever it is that god's doing right now is um it's much more scrappy it's like something's happening here and something's happening over here and something else is happening over here and what he said when he talked about it, when he says, he says, so it is with every man who's been born of God. He's like the wind that goeth, goeth hither and thither, and you don't know where he comes from or where he's going. It's like, it's like that's how the wind is, and that's how it is when a person has been, has been, um, when God has entered into that person and like, and they're following, they've been born of God and they're following something that's not that's not of this world is that they are unpredictable and the, the okay so i'll finish up with this sorry the the thing that's interesting is that when you decide that you want everything to be uniform in an organization what you're kind of deciding too it's like you're you're weeding out the bad things that might happen but what you're doing too is you're saying i don't want people who've been fully born of god the people who can't stand to be you know like the people who will speak what comes into their mind no matter what you know because they know that it's it's coming from a certain source it's like so you're we you're saying oh yeah that thing that christ talked about where you know it's like the wind and you don't know where it comes from or where it's going you never know ex what to expect we don't want any of that and when you say you don't want any of that it's like wow so you're you're kind of weeding out the worst but you're also weeding out the the what what could be the very thing which would breathe life and new and important things coming in it's like um 
I think I've, I've said now I'm spent longer than I expected, but um, yeah. So that's my thought. Go ahead. Demi. I'll look yeah, go ahead. Emily. Yeah. Can I add that? Yeah, yeah, actually, Jonathan, when you said that breathe life, I was just thinking the thought that came to my mind right before you said that is you're making something stagnant. You're saying making stagnant, like you're making it stay the same. You're saying there's, so you're never going to get new thought. You're never going to get new knowledge if you don't allow I guess the experimentation or the option for that new knowledge or those new thoughts to come out. And they're not necessarily, I think, I would say, I say new thoughts, but I don't know that they really are new thoughts. I think it's like, I think that the thoughts of God are repeated among many people at all times. You know, we are not the only people in this world having these kinds of conversations, guaranteed. We're not the only people that are born again. They're all over the place. And so, you know, and God doesn't work that way. I think that he works among whoever's willing to listen. And so I, I think when you think about that, um, you know, it's just, but again, so if you don't allow that kind of, uh, you, you could call it freedom of speech, for lack of a better phrase coming to my head, but like, but it's more like it's a, a freedom of asking why and questioning. And, um, <laughs> you know, it's just that, uh, that curiosity like my cat if you're not allowing that 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 freedom that curiosity then you're you're limiting growth you're not you're saying like oh you can't explore you can't you know you can't question this and uh yeah so i just i just agree with that and yeah yeah and this is this is resolved um in the book of mormon it's called you could call it the tension of opposites and there's, they're always in play. It's just like, well, which is it? <laughs> Do we need a life of chaos or a life of order? It's both. And then it becomes when, how long, who, and many other factors. Like, I, I can't figure that all out. Right. That's where you have to actually have a God who decides. So the musician Sting, who was part of the, the group, the police. When I got born again in 2015, Jesus started revealing things to me through movies, movies that I would help him make. And so that's at least how I say it. People say, you're just making movies, Greg, and calling it Jesus. I'd say, well, that's called a religious life. You're just hearing voices in your head and calling it Jesus or God or Lord or the inspiration. So fit for tad or just a different belief and I'm, I'm fine with that but one of the movies he had me do early on because when i got born again he needed to start introducing me to the new jesus i i was always of course he's always been with me that's what i understand now i was um heavenly father oriented so i'd pray to heavenly father there was a substantial amount of god in my life that's what i later realized <laughs> but the amount of god that i got in 2015, like, oh my goodness, it surprised me. Well, Sting, once again, the musician, worldwide known musician, one of the things that he said that Jesus had me put in the movie was he says, I like to introduce into my song, surprise. My soul likes that. I'm, I'm paraphrasing Sting, but he, he, he wants to always have the element of surprise. So one of the things that artists do, and because it's humans apparently like surprise, <laughs> you know, if you go to conference and you don't hear something surprising, then it's going to be a different experience than if you have some level of surprise. Um, oh, I think they said this. Oh, there's a new temple. That's what people get excited, like something I didn't know. It's called news. And it's what the devil hooks us with. Are you kidding me? News, or at least faux news in, the, in that case sometimes, just tell me something new. Um, and our humans crave that. So we saw the cat curiosity killed the cat cats are curious like put a box out and like what's in that box and the next thing you know they'll be sitting in the box you're like you're loving on that box like i just bought you a, a new which i did a 30 dollar thing that you can get into or um, lay down on and you're you're gonna go sit in that box um so there is if anybody's around cats enough yeah they're kind of curious and i have to keep them out of the garage because what's in there none of your business stay out of here and so sting um, he was basically identifying one of the elements that makes him an exceptional musician is that he has a guiding principle that my listeners like surprise. Well, here's the thing about it. He loves 
giving up surprise. Well, this is the nature of God. So one of his fundamental natures, and that's what God was introducing me to, is the fundamental nature of God. So for instance, I'll give you one. Uh, truth. You hear about God as a God of truth. Well, then he should just tell us the truth. Right. But he doesn't. What? How surprising would that be? You'd get, you'd get used to the truth, <laughs> thinking this is the way to go. This is the way to go. And where's your surprise? It, if we crave um, uh, surprise as humans, which is kind of the fundamental assumption here, then shouldn't he also mix it up? Just mix it up a little bit with what would be like the opposite or uh, intention with truth. It's called ambiguity. He doesn't have to go to a lie. The devil likes to go all the way to a lie. And that's not even on the God scale. He's not a God of lie. But he is a God of something that we sometimes would say, you're lying to me. You told me to build a temple in Kirkland, Ohio. And this is where we're going to build Zion. And now we're, we're having to leave it. It's going to get burned or whatever. And then we're going to go to Nauvoo. Same story. Ah, oh, I'm going to declare to all the people, this is Zion. This is where we're going to build. <laughs> you, know, you think, oh, the Missourians kicked us out. And so living life with um, God, you have to get used to differences. One of the themes of a movie Jesus is making. See, that's my language. I like that. It surprises me. I'm surprised that Jesus makes movies. Yeah, he uses humans to do it. Okay, well, when you explain it that way, then it becomes believable. Like, what if he used Dallas Jenkins, who lives in Texas, to make his movies? Oh, well, then now I get it. But still, did you say Jesus made this movie? Because that's not how people say that. I know. But I like to insert a lot of surprise into my world. Does that still surprise you, Greg, every time I say it? It's like, and, and here's the thing. It surprises others. They kind of, you can see this look. If it's like I said, I'm a transsexual. Actually, I'm a woman. Jonathan and Emily, at the moment, they thought impossible. But all of a sudden, they'd be like surprised because like, he, he doesn't act very womanly. I thought that I have quite a great female side, um, although I'm trying to uh, increase my masculine side. So I'm trying to talk over you guys and so forth. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do. I've got these notes here. Always talk over the people. That's what male people do. Okay, I'll do that. But no, I'm just inserting some surprise into our conversation. Like, and here's the thing. I'm just doing what God does, inserting a bunch of stuff. Woo, I thought we were doing this. Nope, you're not doing that today. So yesterday, I was surprised. And I, I had a friend that needed to do something. I had something else I wanted to do. I wanted to watch movies with Jesus. Surprise, that ain't going to happen. But then I ended up being able to go on a date with my wife, and Jesus gave me $20, who he filtered through this friend. And like, oh, I guess I can afford to go. And so my day is filled with a lot of surprise. So back to Sting. I'd be like, Sting, you know who else likes surprise? He'd say, of course I do. You're talking about Jesus, my great friend. I've always been a fan of Jesus. Well, why don't you put that on the album cover? Well, because that's not what Jesus puts in my heart. He wants to have a wide audience. Like, oh, that's surprising. And of course, I didn't have that conversation with Sting. I don't know how he feels about Jesus. <laughs> so, um, but here's what I do know. I gave you an element of God's nature that um, the, the ordered part of it, what we call the ordered part, is truth. He's a God of truth. Everything he does is truth. Yes, but he mixes it with what? Ambiguity. So the more I know, the less I understand all the things I thought I'd figured out. I have to learn again. <laughs> I've been trying to get down to the heart of the matter. Come on, Jesus, help me. I want to get down to the heart of the matter. But my will gets weak. <laughs> I'm, I'm trying and trying. And my thoughts seem to scatter. But I'm thinking about, I'm thinking that it's about more Jesus, more Jesus. And if you get more Jesus, like more truth, I'm telling you what, that's what God has told me what. The more truth you get, Greg, the more mysterious it becomes or the more ambiguous. And that's not, the, there's three elements and I'll just quickly name the other two. The other, the other one is trust. So this is one of the things, trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Sweet, yeah, I'm gonna do that. I trust in the Lord. Well, guess what he will do? Because he likes surprise. He will leave you more vulnerable than ever. What? <laughs> what? No, when you trust somebody, they won't leave you vulnerable. Oh, you don't know God very well. 
and you don't know the scriptures very well. <laughs> you don't know what happened to his apostles, ones that were hung upside down. So if I'm really close to you, it's going to be well. It's going to be well with your soul. Okay, that sounds exclusionary. Is it going to be well with my soul and my body? Oh, yes. Does that mean, <laughs> like, he could just keep going down that path. Oh, yes, it's going to be well with your body. Because what Jesus means is, you won't have to live the whole life out. Wouldn't that be sweet? You get to come up with me. And so that's called trust, and it is part of God's nature. He wants us to trust him. But he also wants us to have in there vulnerability, because that's how you get closer to somebody. You become more vulnerable. So go ahead and study relationships, and you tell me how you can get closer to your spouse or another human being without becoming vulnerable. And so when Jonathan, and I saw your hand, Jonathan, when Jonathan's talking about these formal institutions, one of the things they struggle with is vulnerability, that they, in fact, um, Elder Oak said, uh, when asked for apology, some global apology, you need to apologize for how you've treated blah, blah, blah group or whatever. He said, Jesus said, notice what he said. Uh, as a church, we don't seek apologies and we don't give apologies. Well, that's I'm like, hey, I'm going to use that with my wife. As a Christian, I don't give apologies, nor do I seek them. Woo, what a great operating procedure. And it's just like mind blown. But it's not my church. See, what I'm talking about is Jesus's church. And that surprised me. He's like, is that surprising to you, Greg? Yeah. The very thing that you're kind of telling me is wrong with formal institutions, that they're not transparent. Uh, and, and he'd say it's because I leave them highly vulnerable right now. If you're a formal church, <laughs> you're vulnerable to IRS coming after you and saying you're not a real church or you're not a real thing and they'll come get your money, which, which could happen um, if, if you see what's going on politically. So um, I won't go down that road too far because I've got to tell you the third element of God. Um, so the closer you get to Jesus, the only way you're going to get closer to Jesus is you've got to go more all in, is what they'd say, more all in. Jesus kind of said it this way, except you lose your life for my sake, you're not going to find it. Oh, wow. That, that's, that requires a surprising amount of commitment. In fact, and then it's, it's portrayed throughout the scriptures like uh, this rich young man. And he did all the stuff. He was all in, apparently. And he thought so. He approached Jesus and said, um, you know, I want to I want to follow you, Jesus, or something like that. And uh um, he said, it says, um, well, um, or how do I get closer to you? Or how do I, you know, get to heaven? And Jesus says, well, and he starts listing these commandments. He goes, yep, I, I've been doing those things all the way throughout my youth. And this was a rich young ruler. And Jesus says, and, and he says, well, then one thing, you only like one thing, which is, and this is go all in. He says, go and sell all you have, give it to the poor and come follow me. <laughs> and the rich young ruler went away sorrowful. Because he had a lot of stuff. And like that is as you get closer and closer to Jesus, you get more and more Jesus, you'll know it. Because the more you go in on him, the more he will, that's called commitment. He will, um, he will introduce you to more risk, not less. You think, oh, it's going to get safer. I'm getting closer to Jesus. It is safer. I didn't say it wasn't safer. <laughs> well, you said it was riskier, right? And he's going to have me climb peaks that are seemingly more risky. Oh, yeah, but it's fine. Why? Because if I fall off the peak, I'll go to Jesus. There you go. Now you understand what the pioneers understood. And should we die before our journey's through? Happy day, all is well. You're not afraid to lose your life for Jesus. You are afraid to lose your life for the devil or for some stupid U.S. Antichrist, all those well in Zion, Babylon cult, cult, culture that you've grown up in. And so let me tie that all together. Then I'll go to you, Jonathan. Um, is the, it's just the nature. You don't have to you can get mad about it. The nature of formal institutions, they'll continue to formalize and formalize and formalize. And they'll do what Jonathan's saying. They'll start squeezing out surprising elements. So why... I introduced to you on, on this um, Jesus TV program, the parable Jesus gave me to understand some of these things. And one of those things is the, um, is the parable of the teleprompter. Uh, because without a, a, a conventional teleprompter right in front of you, 
you're going to make some mistakes. You're not going to know, oh, it's time to go to Jonathan. Oh, it's time to go to Emily. I saw his hand. It's going to be quite chaotic. And you're going to have to just kind of roll with it like Emily's doing with her painting. It looks like if she was following some kind of step one, do this, step two, do, do this, um, it would be a different way. <laughs> but her way is like, let's just start throwing some stuff like Greg throws words into Jesus TV and hope that something lands. And so that's why we like what Emily's doing. It, just, it makes me feel comfortable. Oh, that's what I'm doing with these words. I don't know when to stop, when I'm going to find more Jesus. Okay, on to you. Jonathan, I think the teleprompter, very far away teleprompter says, turn the talking stick over to Jonathan. There you go, Jonathan and Emily. Well, before I, I go ahead, um, I wanted to see if Emily had any comments about what Greg said. So. Um, the only thing that comes to my mind is things getting messier. This painting is not working out. Remember we talked before about the ugly stage? Oh my goodness, is this in the ugly stage? I had this whole idea when I started. I don't know, I just ruined it. I made a big mess of it. You need paint know, by numbers. If Jesus She's can help me fix to, it. Yeah, just give I it up, know. Emily. Go if to Jesus can numbers. help me fix this, yeah. I just keep making a bigger mess. I'll just keep digging myself a bigger hole there and you go. Uh, we'll see. Fall into it. Yep. This is still ugly. It's just not done yet. So that just relates to what you guys are talking about. We're like, you know, it just gets really unorganized. And I was like, what did I do? I had the best intentions. And I think organizations run into this too. I'm like, I had the best intentions for this. And I've done this kind of thing before, you know, that makes it look good. But like, this is just getting destroyed. <laughs> I was just going to add like a couple things to this painting. I don't know. I guess we'll see what happens. But I, I, can... I think uh, I'm trying to laugh and let go. But inside, I'm like cringing like crazy at this big mess I made. Now um, you can now you it's can really see frustrating why, to me, actually. Now you can see why Jesus doesn't have Emily run the church, nor Greg. Oh, my so gosh. This is evidence. <laughs> black hole that is what would happen i'm got a, a big black hole here and it's just like that's exactly what would happen. that's right and i part like of it. it is and part of my excuse is so i so last week i painted in the garage so i left all my other stuff in the garage and so i'm like what do i have down here in this space now because i took my other paints upstairs and i'm like well i got ink and i left most of my tools are out in another space and i'm like i got one tool i got one toothbrush Got some paper towels. <laughs> I'm like, what do I got? And, and uh, sometimes I'm like, I've done this enough. I can make up a face, and I, you know, I've done this. I got this, and nope, I'm just making a mess. Like I said, you guys can keep going, but I just, I, I think it relates to what we're talking about. I'm just digging a bigger hole, making a bigger well, mess. I, I, and and I'll eventually, tell you, Emily, we'll come out of it. Emily, if you didn't do anything to that painting, just you stopped. I would kind of like it because, um, and if it was titled. Uh, in relationship to um, uh, the light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehendeth it not. That scripture right there, because when I look at that, I see the little um, it's a good title. rainbow. Yeah, so, so it's, it's like maybe Jesus is in there, but we don't have enough light to see it. Um, and so that's, that's what that painting, that's what artists can do. Just like, you know what? This looks like terrible. But now if I reinterpret it, I meant to do this. And that's why people think artists are so slippery. Oh, yeah, I meant to do that because I'm an artist. Well, and that's what Write Jesus... Write that on here. Yeah. The light shine. <laughs> I might just leave it then. <laughs> well, the I saw Jesus and I'm like, in... that's my Jesus, a dark hole oftentimes. But I'm going to pretend like you're right there, Jesus. And then I'm going to imagine in it. And like, yeah. And then I'm going to sacredly imagine it. And then I'm going to believe it. And that's about as far as I get. I can believe Jesus. <laughs> and the, the darkness, darkness comprehended it not. Comprehended. I'm going to put him not. Him not. That's great. That's a good mashup. I know, right? You got to mash it up. Him yeah. not. See, we're in the sandbox. And yeah, Greg, Greg looks at Emily's art is like bubble gum and she just stuck it on there. And I'm like, oh, that's a perfect art piece. Um, here's what it reminds me of. Emily's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. 
and others are just are, who are watching in the sandbox say, oh, that's just those things. Picasso is so good. Look, he, he makes little children's art. And so they're, they're the, tra the tractors who aren't in the sandbox. They're like, we don't want to get ourselves dirty. And so I get it. It's like, yeah, keep your nice dresses. Just sit over there and, and do your cat calls or whatever it is you do. And um, <laughs> Jesus says, we all have different things we like to do. And sometimes people, that, that if they don't understand something, then it, it becomes a joy to uh, spend their time reinforcing with one another how crazy those people in the sandbox are. So there's probably people watching this episode right now going, come over here, look at this. This is what's wrong with members of the church who've lost their way. They, they get in these crazy sandboxes and they think that's good. <laughs> and I'd be laughing with, Article Faith 11, well, we claim the privilege of worshiping Almighty God according to the dictates of our own conscience, and we allow you the same privilege. And we also allow, if you need to uh, disparage us um, or defame us, then in the name of Christ, we receive it. Because Jesus has a lot of treasures for those people. And so we, we believe in converting. Uh-oh, Emily's ruined it. <laughs> okay, Jonathan, back to you or, or Emily. Well, um... I, uh, yeah, I was thinking about what you guys were talking about as far as, um, um, the painting for one. So I guess I have a couple of comments and then I'll, I actually found the poem. So I'll make a couple of comments and then get to the poem. But, um, I was thinking about Picasso <laughs> a while back. I watched this video of him doing this painting. It takes him all of about 10 minutes, you know, and it's a chicken with, <laughs> something and i was like man how would it be like now nah, i'm drawing a chicken and he's got a hand coming out of the side of him and this and that all right you know twenty five thousand dollars give me another canvas you know <laughs> all right i'm drawing a woman that's half naked and all her body parts are in different places all right another twenty thousand dollars it's like you know, how would that be? You know, every 10 minutes, it's like, and everybody's like, oh, this is so good. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm probably, this is probably bad of me to um, make fun of Picasso because he was one of the greats, I guess. So I don't, I don't but, think it's bad. I think, uh, uh, I think Picasso could handle it. Yeah, I so. think so too. He was pretty comfortable with himself. <laughs> yeah. And, and He'd probably uh, make fun of himself too. And artists have to become that, and really we all do, because we all become like Picasso in our brokenness, that um, there's parts of us that we refine, because we like to rely on our gifts and kind of hide our weaknesses, <laughs> but soon we realize, oh my goodness, I'm just doing this with my marriage. At work, they think I'm the powerhouse, woo! But then you come in here and it's like Picasso, uh, yeah, let's, let's have a deep conversation, Greg. Okay, I got like 30 seconds. Go ahead. Go, 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 go. And uh, woo, I got a marriage. Well, one person in that marriage has a marriage, but the other one thinks he's Picasso. Yeah, we just don't talk to each other. We don't talk about that. Okay, see, no problems. <laughs> and they're, they're doing an equivalent of what, what, what Jonathan's um, interpretation of Picasso. So there's a lot of defenders of Picasso in the art world. Like, <laughs> and I, I know why he's like, I want to be able to do stuff like that, not have people um, laugh at me. But I, I just accept because people say, no, there's complexity you don't understand. Okay, I suppose that's true because they're geeking out on these, uh, these uh, Native Americans or we call them indigenous people who draw a cow that looks like a square thing with legs coming out. That what I, I could have done that like in kindergarten, but here's Zion's Bank and they've got this poster made of it. Guys, I can do that. I, I'm, but they're like, yeah, but um, can you do it uh, 400 years ago um, down in south southern Utah? Not 400 years ago, but if you give me a spray can, I can I can make that same thing. And so art is, of course, understood in relationship, <laughs> relationship to who you are. Oh, you're not Andy Warhol. Well, look, I found a a, a five dollar cookie jar in in the New York place too. And now it's worth $25,000. No, it's called provenance, P-R-O-V-A-N-C-E. It's where it means in, in French, where it comes from. <laughs> and you ain't, Greg, you ain't what, Andy Warhol. Well, so, but it's still, he went and got a cookie jar, same cookie jar, because 
Andy Warhol kept it in his house. Now it's worth $25,000. It's the same cookie jar. No, it's not. That came from, from Andy Warhol. The Andy Warhol cookie jar parable Jesus taught me. It matters where it came from. So why, why in the name of Jesus? Why does that matter? Why can't it be in the name of the uh, golden calf, say? Uh, yeah, so that, that's a good point. If good things come from the golden calf, Jesus, like freak on name. Nope. Provenance. And that's because I am a child of God and I built in your image, not the. Yes, now you're getting it. I'm not sure, Jesus, but go ahead, Jonathan. Um, so, uh, oh, Emily's got a, a comment too, if you can hold me. Go ahead, Emily. Oh, I can wait if you want. Okay. So, just these thoughts have been coming to me as I've been working on this. So, first things. So, Part of the reason my excuse for getting messed up before is I don't know if I put on one of my contacts backwards this morning or something, but my eyes are like not working right. And I'm having a really hard time focusing with my right eye. Like I, after we're done, I'm going to go take out my contacts and see what I did. There's a hurt, but like, can't seem to focus and I can't see really well. Um, so I don't know what I did there. So part of my thing is like, and then that reminded me of the scripture, you know, looking, uh, looking through the glass, seeing through the glass darkly, or it's like Amos. Yeah, uh, First Corinthians 13, yep. What does it say? Now we see through a glass darkly. Um, and uh, yeah, that's that's really what it is. It's now we see through a glass darkly, but then when we're perfected, um, we'll see more perfectly. I, yeah, that, that is a paraphrase. I used see to know that. Now we see through a glass darkly. Um, so I'm going to write that in here. Uh, so that's one of it. The other thing is that, so by making this big mess, a kind of an interesting thing happened to this painting. Uh, because of all the different materials that I've used on it, when I got it really wet like that, um, and you probably, you wouldn't know this unless you're actually doing it, it's become really flaky and malleable. Like I'm barely touching it and it's like scratching and flaking off, which is making it really easy to work with. <laughs> and I was like, huh, you know, you could, you could take a whole lesson from that. <laughs> We're just like, you know, I made this big black hole and I was like, it's ruined. And then I think God's like, well, you have nowhere to go but up. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, hmm. that was just what came to me. I'm like, wow, this is really malleable. I'm like, oh, there's, yeah, this is, uh, that's my thought. Yeah. Keep going. Yep. And it's redemption, it's like a, a new start. And it's like we built a sandcast, like, oh, that's good. And Jesus stomps on it. Okay, try again. <laughs> oh, okay. And we try again. And then it gets yeah. stomped on again. And it's like you start getting better at re re reassembling castles. And then all of a sudden, you think it's fun. I'm going to go stomp on it myself. <laughs> like, what are you doing? Oh, it's just fun. It's fun to make sandcastles with Jesus. That's what he's told me um, that I'm doing stuff with Jesus. I mean, are, are you ready to believe that, Greg? Because it's just fun. Who cares what the outcome is? Um, it's the process. And that's, of course, why Sting likes music. He doesn't just like pleasing ears. He's fundamentally, he said about um, playing the guitar, and I, Jesus put this in my heart when he said it. He said, um, I amuse my, uh, I play the guitar. Somebody's saying, oh, you're a good a guitar player. He says, I, I play the guitar to amuse myself. And that one stuck. I'm like, oh, you have an artist who plays the guitar way better than I do. Uh, but he, he knows there's an Eric Clapton out there, a Slash. There's people who are more proficient at the guitar. So he recognizes his, his main thing is his voice. Um, and so he's humbly recognizing that. But he's also um, doing something else, which is, why can't I just enjoy the guitar? I don't have to. I'm, I'm not trying to please everybody. I'm pleasing myself. And, and I would just say, Jesus and I like to play the guitar together. And so you're learning to live in the moment uh, without considerations of uh, material wealth and how the market will receive these things. And so a lot of musicians um, are like basketball players or others. They go play basketball after their game's done. The next day they're playing basketball just for fun. Yeah, that's what I do. I get paid to, um, and we all like, I want to get paid doing what I love to do. <laughs> like you might need to get more Jesus or that that's not your your thing in life, or maybe you already do, um, in entering into a mystery. So that's, um, that's all my thoughts on there. Jonathan, go back, uh, share whatever you have. You have. Um, yeah. So 
I found that poem. I think I'll, uh, let me see what time we're at. We're about 10.23, so we're kind of getting close. Um, I'll share my last comment with this poem, and then I'll turn it back to you guys. Um, so, yeah, we've had some really interesting discussion today. I've really enjoyed it. Um, and, uh, I don't know that I'll say too much more about um, about all of that. I, I like, we talked about, about the painting. Um, I like what was said about, um, oh, about Greg, you said, you know, or maybe Emily said, I can't, someone said, um, it's probably that we're not running the church or a church. Um, and, uh, and I totally agree with that. Sometimes I've, I wonder what it would have been like to be the Pharisees when Christ came around, you know, it's like, you know, you're just trying to hold everything together and make everybody, you know, keep the commandments, the law of Moses. And here comes this guy who appears like he's, you know, tearing it all down. And of course, I, it's no excuse. I'm not, you know, excusing anybody or anything, but you can get kind of both sides. You can understand both sides. So I'll read this poem and then, and then I'll turn it back to you guys. Cause I was thinking about these subjects when I wrote this, um, I think this, I'm hoping this is the one let's, we'll know in a second, but okay, here we are. So today you are bound by the law. Today you are bound by the law, the imperfect law of the group. And that's fine for those who serve the whole for the sake of holding things together, but know that the truth you keep is tainted by such an, a motive. You must learn to serve the highest one who cannot be bound by groups, um, who cannot be bound by groups of fearful, tainted souls. And if you do enlist to serve the one who groupless is, do not be surprised when you are stripped of a people. Do not be surprised to find yourself alone for a time. It is the way of all those who cling to the truth for truth's sake and to no other. And it is a lonely road fraught with what appears to be endless difficulties. But eventually, if you do not forsake your guide, you will arrive to an, an innumerable company of friends, each their own, their own that is and his, and together a motley crew You'll worship each in his own tongue, the one. So, oh, yeah. love it. <laughs> um, I'll turn it back. I love it that it's uh, it aligns with yeah the underlying theme of this episode, um, and uh, it acknowledges that the intent to formalize things to have things be coherent <laughs> that's of god um but it also because we're human that leads us to places that are once again dark even though they don't look dark they're they they start becoming devoid of a special kind of life it's like uh seeking money and you're actually seeking a dead thing is what jesus would say though it can be en enlivened in christ you can do all kinds of cool things with money but if it becomes sought for its own sake um, then it becomes dead. You're seeking the dead. And uh, it'd be better to sell everything you have and get a pearl or something. So the, that's, um, it, it's one of the things Jesus has put into my, my heart to understand so I can have charity for where we're at um, and people's desire to hang on to what it is that we have. But then the, um, the hinge point at which we've come, we've come to a hinge point in history, whether people know it or not. It's like the Enlightenment period. That's a hinge point. It's like World War II, hinge point. The Gutenberg Press, that's a hinge point. Um, the time when men and women stopped becoming wanderers and they moved to the, the agriculture um, as a way of life. Uh, industrialization, another hinge point. So we're, we're right on the precipice. Uh, and, and even atheists will tell you that. We're, um, we're on the precipice 
with this artificial intelligence, virtual reality, quantum computers, and there's a host of other things that are bringing us to what's called the point of singularity. Well, that's a, that's a hinge point where things combine together to create a perfect storm that's going to do wonderful things and also uh, what people would call <laughs> uh, messed up things. And that's, that's what new things will do. They'll uh, take over the old um, ways. And we've been prepared for it in the scriptures that the, the earth will be renewed and receive its patriarch. Uh, it's, the earth will be renewed and receive its paradisical glory. Well, if somebody decided to, to change the nature of the earth, if anyone's ever studied that, you start moving the sun a little bit closer, a little bit further away, just a little bit. We either freeze or we burn. Um, and so there's predictions that'll happen over billions of years or whatever, but no, we're in it. We're not, not in that, I don't think, but we're at a time where some fundamental forces are at play. And what can you do as a human when God's decided to flood the earth? <laughs> well, get on an ark, but what if you can't do that? Then just have a, have a nice dinner, <laughs> watch the rain, and uh, this ain't going to be fun for the next month or two or whatever it is. And, and then we'll see on the other side. And so that's going to happen to us all, um, metaphorically speaking. Y'all are going to die. <laughs> Surprise. And your grandma's going to die. My, my grandma did. The flood came for her, came for my mom and dad. And it's coming for me. So what can you do? I don't know, get in the sandbox on Sunday at 9.30 and uh, talk about Jesus. It comforts my heart. Go ahead, Jonathan. That's it. All I had to say. Um, I saw Emily had. I, I do have a hand. There you go. Oh, yeah, the cat moved. <laughs> Can you guys hear me okay? Yeah. Yeah? Okay. So, um, dang, I got really distracted by the cat. Um, so what this... Um, just a couple of things that came to my mind, you know, um, like Jonathan and you guys and Greg were saying, like, there's this, there's this sacrifice and there's this, you know, of things, not like how you, how you like them. And I think that's one of my reasons, my art, people either love it or they hate it. Um, because someone would see this and they were like, that is way too dark to look like a Jesus painting. It, it is really dark. My paintings always end up really dark. Um, and I think part of that is I like painting from dark places. I like bringing dark things to light, but I do. Um, but the other part of it is I feel like it's in these kind of places where you find Jesus. So my art, I try to talk about the feeling of, of Jesus when you're in these kind of places. So to me, like this one, like I think we're going to call it what Greg said, the light shineth in darkness and the darkness comprehended him not. And now see a glass darkly. And then it's like, you know, for me, it's like I'm trying to find Jesus with all this craziness in the world without knowing what's going on. But the craziness in my life or with Jonathan, but the sacrificing of the things that I hold most dear and the people I held most dear or like the, you know, something that I held on to with everything that I had. Um you know, I've had people ask me like, oh, you're not, you don't go to church every week anymore. How do you still feel the spirit? And I was like, funny enough, I, I think I'm more in touch with God than I was before. It's not an organization that gives God spirit, you know? And I think it, it's, it's sad in a, in a culture to be raised where you're like, if you don't do X, Y, and Z this certain way, and if you don't do this certain mold, then you're not worthy of God's love. And that's honestly how I was raised. Um, not saying to like my parents or anything. It's not like a, it was a message of, a, I think it's not all organizations, but I think stuff like that happens in organizations and in big groups. I just think it happens. If you don't follow, because they're trying to, just like the Pharisees, you know, you're trying to, to hold this thing together and you're trying to, you know, so you have to have rules and things because if you're trying to hold something together and the more and more people you get, the more and more rules you have to have, you know, it's just, it's just part of the nature, I think, of an organization, of any, or like I said, of any organization. And so I think, um, I don't know where I was going with that. Those are good places. Yeah, those are good places you've gone. And what, what occurs to me um, is seek and ye shall find. 
So that's the thing that keeps coming back to my mind is if I told anybody, I'd say, he really means that. If you seek him, you'll find him. And so if you go to church, you can find him there. <laughs> if you like, uh, I feel in my heart not to go to church or I'm done, you know, somebody offended me, I'm not go to church. Or my situation is such I can't go to church. Okay, well, that doesn't mean that commandment doesn't work anymore. Seeking you shall find, except if you do this. No, he loves sinners. You got to start with that premise of who he was. He totally loves people that are off the reservation. He'll leave the 99. Oh, okay, guys, you guys do your thing in the church. I'm going after somebody. It's Sunday, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> this is the day I love to go to the darkest places and go. And what are you going to do? Bring your light? Are they going to have church there at the brothel? They're going to have church there at the marijuana smoking thing or at the, I can't go to church because um, I have this arrangement in my family or whatever. Yeah, he'll do that. And and he's more faithful than any humans. We're like, well, I can, I would just cast people out. I'd just say, no, if you're not going to work in the worship in the synagogues, then, then you can't have Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus go, yeah, that's really what humans would do. For the sake of order, we need to keep it together. If you're not going to graduate from high school and you're a freshman, you're telling me you, you might as well just leave, all right? Because this is what we do. No, can I just take classes? Can I just come in here when I want? And the answer, hallelujah, for those that don't know, you can do a la carte, but they're not going to tell you that. They're not going to have a little pamphlet for you entering freshmen who think, um, yeah, I don't really want to graduate high school, but I love education. Here's a pamphlet to show you how to do that. And you can go on to college. What? Yeah, there's, uh, why didn't I get a pamphlet that told me I could take the GED or whatever um, and, and then go on to college? Well, homeschoolers know this. <laughs> so they, they got that pamphlet, but it's not written out. Um, and it's certainly not from the school. So, and I understand why. But like if you're in the business of school, um, you don't hand out to every, everybody, here's another pathway. You don't want that. And I, I don't blame them. I, I haven't created that pamphlet and handed it out to schools. No. Honor, that's where most people are going. We go to public school, and they don't want to treat it a la carte. I'm, I'm cherry-picking. I'm just going to take the fun classes. Well, you'll never graduate. That's, that's the only threat you can come up with. Because <laughs> I've, I've got this pamphlet here that's shown witnesses, and I can call them on the phone and say, and then those witnesses testify, oh, yeah, yeah, you can still um, go, I, I got a PhD, but you didn't graduate high school. Yeah, it's, it's, it's something that people will say that you don't really have to do. And so that is kind of the nature of God, like unexpected. He breaks through rules, the seeming rules we, we make for him. Uh, and then people discover that, then they'll testify. And Emily's like, I feel like I'm getting more Jesus. <laughs> Some people start thinking they have to assemble against that. Well, I need to declare that she's not. Well, how would you know? Are you like inside of her? You're, you're human. I, I have a hard time reading my own thoughts, let alone somebody else's thoughts. Um, and, and what Jesus is doing in my life, let alone somebody else's, who are you? And then I'd start questioning, and which I shouldn't do. I mean, get mad at the institution or what it's done to kids. No, you got to graduate high school because my parents tell me if I don't graduate high school, I'll be a loser like you. <laughs> and like i'm enrolled in college you're a you're a junior this is funny um this happened to my to my brother so he was he was kicked out of college uh, he was a, a year behind this is matthew my brother matthew passed away on his mission but before then god let him have this shine so he he, he had troubled life and he got kicked out of high school as a junior but he was already a year, so his, his peers, he should have been a senior. So his peers are right there. So he got kicked out. So he looks like a total loser, right? He goes straight to college, to Rick's College in um, Idaho. And his peers going like, what are you doing? Oh, I'm in college. <laughs> he skipped the line. And that's because you can skip the line, people. Um, well, school would have to kick you out, right? So in Alma, they talk about these people that were um, trying to worship and they want to be righteous. And they got kicked out because they were poor. Like, yeah, you're like Matthew Muller. Get out of here. You're disruptive. And one of the prophets said, sweet, because he was preaching these people that, you know, looked good. They, they had money and so forth. But he was so happy when these poor people came out who were cast out because he knew something. 
these guys were ready to hear the word of God. And then they had to teach them. You don't have to have a synagogue to worship God. Okay, go ahead, Emily. That's my last thought, by the way. <laughs> Man, I'm a high school teacher. So that just hurts. Oh, <laughs> my high school teacher. <laughs> oh, yeah. Didn't think about that, um, did I, Jesus? <laughs> but, um, although I do know students who have done that, I, I, I do know those. I do have students that I love that I've taken a different way. And it, it's worked for them so far. Uh, All of my kids. I don't want to be tell. I don't want to be telling kids to drop out of high school. There you go. That's a personal. Go advice. to church. It's the only way. That's what Emily's saying. Go to uh, education church. Yeah, I get it. No, it's no no problem. It's just ubiquitous. For, well, that's what we're saying. It's ubiquitous Oops. for all formal I, institutions. I know it's not the only way. I'm just saying. I'm just saying I'm not as open in that area, and I'm just being honest, but I, it's okay to have different opinions. I'm just saying, by being on here, I am not saying that everyone should drop out of high school. I just I have want to give that disclaimer. That I love that's it. not what I'm I, saying. In case someone else is seeing this, I need to make sure that's not what's being said. I would, I would like and to And I get formally, that everyone has their choices. I can hear Emily. I would formally like to disassociate myself from Greg's opinion. Of course, of course. So there's other opinions, and I honor that. Um, so I, I, I'm, I'm not at war with that. I'm just simply observing things. That's what I do. And as uncomfortable as they are, I just like acknowledge, like, that's what I've experienced. And, and that particular one I've experienced with now three kids going as like, oh, yeah, you can do that. I know that. I've been that way. That works. And I'm a fervent, I have a fervent testimony. Um, like some people have a fervent testimony. I left the church and then I got closer to Jesus and that's their fervent testimony or any formal organization. I left that nine to five work all day and I live in a van and I wake up every day and you're like, oh, that sounds sketchy. But then when the person tries it, they, oh, why didn't somebody tell me this? And so, yeah, uh, that was perfect. Emily. I hadn't thought about the fact that here I am, I have an educator right here. If you have, um, people from your district watching they're like hold it that that, that guy's right going there. rogue we need to go against the, we, i wish we were a church because i'd excommunicate that guy from that sandbox um he needs to shuddy shuddy yeah go ahead emily yeah that being said um i am trying to be open to other ways and i do know like i just know i'm just gonna say that's a personal decision this does not mean you go and drop out of high school i just say i know those i have several students with other life circumstances and things happen and you've got to go a different way. And, and I think, and that's okay. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> um, go ahead. So what I found is that it, that it usually comes to you. This I think resolves it. And that is that nobody wants to be on the outside of what everybody else is doing. Um, unless you're a little crazy and maybe, maybe I am. Um, but I, I actually, what I found in my own life is the times when I've had to take a different road, it was just because like, you're talking about your brother, Matthew, Greg, you know, it was like, it just, it was just something that kind of came to him, you know, it was like, he got kicked out other people. It just, they discover it doesn't work for them. Maybe they they're on the autistic spectrum and, and the normal, you know, uh, they can't handle normal school other people it's it's you know the morals in the school it's just they you know they have a very stringent um moral you know thing within their own home and the only way they can see is is homeschool and so so usually we're given a framework in life and it's always painful when you discover that your framework doesn't fit with the normal framework and it's usually a painful decision and then, you know, it is true that once you discover, oh, I, I could do it this other way, it resolves itself. But um, I just want to let you guys know we're at 1042, so. I can't hear you, Emily. Sorry, I was going to say, um, I actually think this painting's done. Uh, I'll be posting it online. Um, Maybe we can figure out how to put a link to it on this episode. That would be a good idea. Um, I'll see if I can put it somewhere and we can put a link to it. And then um, people could buy it if they want. Uh, yeah. Or you can just Google and find me or you can uh, 
you know, send us a, a message or leave a comment on the YouTube video or, I mean, pretty much any of those ways. Um, Google my name, Google Jesus in this mess, Google, you know, one of those things, try to find it. Do you have comments on podcasts? You guys I don't think so. Think so. Not- I don't think so either. Um, anyways, this one will be, uh, this is going to be a $400 one. And it's about not comprehending Jesus, really, but trying to look for that light and not being able to comprehend it. Um, so I'll put that up there and it comes from today's episode. So yeah, Excellent. if anyone wants it, and then we'll, that'll be used to support us because yep. we got to renew our uh, Zoom or whatever we're going to use soon. So That's if people right. want to support us in that way, we would love it. And if not, that's fine. You just do whatever, whatever you feel you need to do. That's all I was going to say. Nice. Okay. And so um, does anybody want to title this episode? Uh, Emily, you've got the title probably right there in front of you. Um, light, light shineth in the darkness, darkness comprehendeth it not. Um, well, anyways. Sure. We'll, um, Something you, like that. We'll yeah, do okay. an email chain. I'll, I'll, I'll wait till you say. I'm just going to upload it. All right. Till till we meet till we meet again, guys. Uh, thanks for meeting in the sandbox.